right, welcome in to the Fezzik Focus Podcast. This is the NFL Week 5 edition of the Fezzik Focus Podcast. I am your affable host, A.J. Hoffman, joined by the star of the show, the only two-time Super Contest champion, the great Steve Fezzik. Steve, how are you, man? You and RJ just have to always lead with the word. I don't know what it means. Affable? Is that gregarious? Happy? It's a uh, a likable. A I can, li- I'm a likable guy. I can see that. You know, I don't know th- if that's th- even true. This is It is true. And this is going to be a likable pod. We're not going to waste time with things like Why Surrender. The song is so good. Mama's all right. Daddy's <laughs> all right. Just seem a little weird. We're gonna cut right to the chase here. I like the. I, w- I want to know what makes that song so good because I think it stinks. Well, we got to talk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, let's st- let's start with a fez tale. Where, where are we headed? Um, <laughs> you think it stinks? We're gonna head to Coruscant, which is a very interesting island in the Caribbean. I worked at Pinnacle for a short time as a consultant down there. Not a bookie though, right? Well, of course, a bookie. Cockroaches. Yeah. Um, How dare no, you, we Fez. were not the cockroaches. We re- we gave reduced vig to uh, in the betting markets, and it was a lot of fun. The head man down there, Henry, was just fantastic. And my you know, my favorite quote: Every now and then we go out to lunch, not that often. And when we went to lunch, Henry says, "I don't really like to do lunch because I've t- I've kept track, and when I'm out of the office, we lose like." You know, fifteen hundred dollars an hour, and when I'm in the office, we make like three thousand dollars an hour. Makes sense. Because and and all Henry would do, you know, you think about these bookmakers and how they handicap it. Like you're thinking they're doing nonstop research on all the games, and literally Henry's job, his idea of of optimally working, he would just be watching the screen, and like every like thirty eight seconds, he said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What, what's going on with this New Orleans game here?" Because Grande and some other book would have moved, or it'll be like this Mets total. What's going on? It, like he would just be watching the screen so um, nonstop, never taking a break. And what a contrast to like the Vegas folks that um, literally you'll see like a, a, you'll see like the Cleveland Browns go from three to two and a half, and the you know the legends at the South Point oh still have it on three for a good eleven minutes. And I'm like Henry would fire them all. I, I mean, that's it's funny you mentioned. The South Point, the legends at the South Point. I got down yesterday on the Miami Dolphins against the Jets because they left a three up for not 11 minutes. It was like an hour or an hour and 15 minutes that they left the Jets at three or now the Dolphins at three. Now, to be fair, the South Point, I got to give them. Um, well, you can't bet there anyway. You couldn't have got any of that three. I got. You got some people. three? Okay. I got people. <laughs> uh, the, the To be fair to the South Point. Their owner has told them he doesn't want this bullshit of the minus 115s and the minus 120 VIGs associated okay. with the spreads. And directionally, they're absolutely right. They, the square balls in, in the bookmakers, are they want to get the spread right to the nearest tenth of a cent. And they don't need to. They got minus 110 working for them. So the bottom line is it's perfectly fine to flip-flop back and forth in an NFL game. If you want to make... The Vikings seven, and then go seven and a half, and then go seven, and then go seven and a half, and never change the vig. Obviously, the line should be like minus seven, lay a dollar eighteen, all right, or or, or plus seven and a half, lay a dollar fifteen, okay. whatever. But you don't need to do that. You, you're perfectly fine booking minus. T- you're going to take bets minus seven and take bets plus seven and a half, and you got the minus one ten working for you. The problem with the NFL three is if you do that, it's almost break even. Now, I would argue five years ago you, you were taking the worst of it. Now you get the better of it because I think a honor off three is only worth 18 cents. And if that's the case, if I'm correct, then if you blindly bet plus three and a half and lay three minus 110 in each direction, you are actually not profitable. It's close, 
but I have you slightly negative. Long term, you're going to just about break even. Because, but when you're the standalone three and you're still at minus 110 and the rest of the market's all at three and a half, aren't you kind of exposed to just getting wrecked? That's, that's the thing. So what you need to do is you need to have the acumen to realize, has the market gone to is the market leaking up to like 3.2 or 3.25? If it is, you surely already have more money on Miami. Just go to three and a half. The people tell you fast enough if that's too much of a move. They'll take the three and a half if the, if the pros will. If they like it, you take a, a better two, and then you can go back to three. Don't just sit there, you know, at, with your 90-minute lunch having your shrimp cocktail. Oh, there's nothing we could do about it. We took 100 grand on Miami minus three. It's like I can tell you, like, if Henry was in charge and you and you said, oh, we got a we got a position, we got we you know we got the Jets plus three plus a dollar ten for a hundred dimes, he'd just start screaming. He'd be like, what are you do? What am I paying you for? How did you allow that to happen? You know, you just have to be on top of these things, especially because you know we all like Miami. And frankly, gun to our heads, we'd lay three and a half with Miami. That's true. So, but I want to I want to thank the South Point. Yeah, because somebody had to do it. But to be fair, you know, it's easy for me to say when I'm doing. NFL, 68% of my time on my handicapping, and I don't have to worry about guys betting, you know, NBA season win totals and uh, MLB totals and putting up college football first halves. There's so much product you have to put up that you just can't stay on top of everything. So inevitably, you know, if you're only doing one sport and specializing, you're going to find mistakes. And that Miami minus three was just a bargain. By the way, still get Miami minus three, minus 15, Against our friends at the MGM. So uh, that is a good wager to make if you missed the mastery lay dollar test. Thank you, MGM. All right, let's talk about teasing. Uh, and we've, we've talked about this topic a couple times, but it, it, teasing, when to tease on six, when to tease seven, like what, give us some. Uh, some notes on when and how to use that product. Right. So we're only going to tease NFL teams, and we're only going to tease NFL seven and a halves, eights, and eight and a halves. We're going to use six point teasers. And if we want to tease an NFL nine or a nine and a half and get down to two and a half and play the six and a half and seven point teasers, that's 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 kosher also. Be careful who you pair that with, though. So by example, like let's say the Packers last week were nine and a half and you teased them down to minus two and a half and a seven point teaser. Well, for God's sakes, don't tease them with a seven-point favorite down to pick because now your extra vig you're laying in the second leg is worthless to take that seven down to pick. They're not going to tie. Um, so if you have a seven-point favorite, you would never want to use a seven-point teaser. Where I'm going, I want to go to the seven and the six-and-a-half-point favorites. It is not profitable to ever tease a seven-point favorite or a six-and-a-half-point um, favorite. However, it's most certainly profitable to tease 6.7 and 7.2-point favorites that are leaking upwards. Why? Because the bookmaker has to choose between 6.5 and, and 7. If I'm a bookmaker, I'm going to err. I'm going to round it up because I don't want to get pounded with teasers. So if the line's 6.75, I'm going to deal 7. And the line's 7.25, I'm going to deal 7.5 unless I get flooded with money on the dog. But bookmakers don't realize this for whatever reason, so they oftentimes they keep it at the lower number, six and a half or seven. And I'll use an example: the Vikings game, where it has gone to seven and a half most places. Still a few sevens out there. Now, call it seven point three five for the line. Now the teaser on the Vikings at seven and a half has just entered almost into Wong territory, where you can tease the seven and a half right. and down to one and a half. But boom. You've got sevens. You can tease the seven down to one now. So you're set, essentially, really, the market is going to be seven and a half, it looks like. If you can tease a seven and a half and get it down to one, now you're really getting a long teaser at seven and a half. And CLV. And CLV because you're getting that extra half point. Everyone else, all the other 
sharp analytic guys are teasing it to one and a half. And at the same price, you're getting it down to minus one. And those are some of the most outstanding teasers. And by the same token, you know what? You don't want to tease a seven point favorite down to minus one. But if you can tease that seven point favorite down to minus a half or minus 120 pricing, like you could when a six and a half moves to seven, that is an outstanding teaser to play as well. It has to be a home team, though. So let me ask you this one as an example, then, because you mentioned the Vikings. There are sevens out there. So if, you, if, if you're going to use that six point teaser, then it might be OK to go to seven to one if the rest of the market's at seven and a half already. Right. Not just is that okay. what you're saying. Not just OK. It's but, great. But but it's the best of them all. Right? OK. So let me ask you this, because I listened to your uh, your look ahead show with RJ uh, here on this particular feed on was it Monday night, Tuesday morning mm-hmm. and you were talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and that you expect that line to go up, up, up. Spot on. So Same example. Right now the Chiefs are painted seven. Do you still expect them to go up and does that make the Chiefs a good team to tease like if I wanted to pair someone with the Vikings using the Chiefs could be a good a- Exactly right. The, the Chiefs are uniquely qualified to be smack around as many teasers as you can because it's a Monday night game. It's an ultra-public team. Unfortunately, Vegas plays in Las Vegas, so there is some support for the Raiders But here, here in Vegas. But if you've got enough accounts in different places, the idea is that even if this line doesn't go widely available 7.5, I'd be very surprised if you um, have enough outs. If, if the line is 7.15, for instance, like 7s se- at all the sharp books, I think you're going to get a plus 7 even money or a plus seven and a half at a station or a coast or a treasure island or a golden nugget. If you have enough outs, the it's just inevitable that they the book will get flooded with money and one of these books will will you know move up and try to get some money money action on the dog. So with it being uniquely on Monday night, I think you just gotta jam in your uh, just shove with the Kansas City teasers right now and figure out what to do with it later. And I mean, you we see this almost every Monday. The favorites take money on Monday Night Football. I, like, I, w- I would say it's it's probably two thirds of the time. Yeah, and, so. and when and and you know what? When they don't take money, it tends to be when my numbers say, like it, my number says there's value on the dog. Sometimes it will drop, but my numbers don't say there's value on the dog. My number says this line should be you know seven and a half or eight. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so well, that that's interesting because I, I like that concept because uh, you've always said you've got to tease through the seven, through the three, but if you are on the seven, it's your book, and the rest of the market's at seven and a half. Why not get ahead of the you know? Why not get ahead of it while you can? That makes a lot of sense. All right, let's talk about uh, let's let's switch to baseball for a bit and talk about you. You've got a theory on the series prices for Major League Baseball. Yeah, not just a theory. But uh, I, th- I think this is certainly legitimate. So I get a panicked text last night. Someone needs needs my help on a project. And I respond back, doing doing a, a, the dream pod, you know, talk to me at 8 a.m. And he's like, I need an answer now. I, can you help me out? And, and I'm like, yes, I can help you out. Call me after I drop my son off at school tomorrow. So uh, it's a ticket broker. And he's going to make a substantial amount of money. Um, approximately it could exceed, uh, certainly go into six figures provide a certain baseball team goes deep in the playoffs because he has secured tickets at cost. I don't know how he does it, but he's got all these tickets and it's going to be a hot market in the city. I don't want to disclose which city it is. I just wanted the concept is what I want to get at. And he's like, I, I need to protect this mattress max style. He's like, I'm going to make a hundred thousand. If this team goes deep in the fairly deep in the playoffs, but they get bounced in the first round, especially if the series only goes three games. The, all these tickets are just refunds. 
So I won't be able to sell them at, at three times the face That's value. Interesting. So and he's asking me to bet an amount for him that is very substantial where he wants to, you know, hedge. And I'm like, don't hedge the whole thing. Hedge like 60% of your exposure. You know, it's like you're, you're paying money for the hedge. You can take a little risk, but, but he really doesn't want to. He wants to just lock in, you know, his lock profit. Lock in a profit, yeah. So the point is, is that sometimes, you know, we hear all the time, oh, sharp money was on this. Well, how sharp can a ticket broker be that's just trying <laughs> to balance their books in terms of what they're going to make? You see where I'm going. I do. There's other But it's enough it's enough of um, enough of amount of money to move a line. Exactly, because everyone's betting football right now. I don't think there's very many people at all even you know, even pro syndicates paying much attention to baseball series prices and the like and because of that, you know, you you go ahead and and, and someone asks, I can tell you this. He's asking me to get down, and, and I'll report on this, an amount that is not, you know, like what, if he fully hedges $50,000. If I put 50000 into a serious price here it's in gonna Vegas, move. it's going to move. Now, I'm going to single-handedly, and people are going to be like, oh, that's a respected gambler that's just making his max bets, you know, multiple times on this baseball series. He must know something. No, I don't know anything. <laughs> so it shows how you have to be careful about what you're doing. All I'm doing is hedging a bet out. And and not um, having any dog in the fight, if you will. That is really that, that's really interesting and really kind of telling. So you and fifty thousand dollars into an NFL side, I mean, may budget, but it's not going to make a substantial move. This it's, is it's only going to budget because if I bet it somewhere, someone might say Steve Fezzik bet it, right? And he normally doesn't. But bet no one's going to be scared of you making a fifty thousand dollar MLB bet, are they? Um, even if you, even though you're Steve they, Fezzik, they, they, like, they, they would be because I never make 50,000 ML. So they bets. would think so there they, was some, they sort would of, think that something that he, he, they're, they're, if, if I go for instance, and I bet $20,000 on Kentucky plus on South Carolina plus 10 as an example. Okay. All right. The, the books say normally he bets 3000. Who told or, you about the quarterback or about <laughs> 5,000. You know, I'm, I'm. I, I got it. Someone is busting my balls on Twitter. I'm not even going to mention who it is. Brad Powers. He's like, ah, Fez asleep at the wheel while I was giving him the Kentucky information. Yeah, some of us were working, you know, for our clients at that time. Uh, so I was unable to provide that information. And you, um, AJ, you too, you know, became aware of that. Yeah. But, but it was after the move. So I could have gotten it before the move. We were busy doing a podcast for the people. We are here for you. That's right. That is right. Okay, let's talk. Uh, let's switch to the NBA because we're almost there. Uh, NBA, NHL, both about to start up as baseball uh, wraps up. Season win totals are out. Uh, tell us how, how we win in this market. You win by employing the David Kaufman approach. So David Kaufman's about 100 years old. Old guy. Great guy. Used to hang out the M. I haven't talked to him for a while. And he had no computer. He would have a computer bag just chock full of papers, and he would handwrite what the numbers were for every go property to property, no internet, right? And he would just write down what the number was at every day, daily. He'd cycle like twice through like five books, and inevitably, he'd be shuffling through, and it was the least impressive thing you ever saw. And then you'd look at his sheet, and he's like, yeah, I got um, – I got the the Falcons under five and a half, and I got the Falcons over four and a half. And he literally, he would even be betting these simultaneously. He would just be have his his um, uh, he was one hundred percent aware of what the market was doing with each and every team, such that he he couldn't name a player, 
but he knew that the sharp books were all you know die bombing lower on the Falcons. And now, so when it comes to the NBA, the NHL that's about to start, if he sees a power move that's occurring at a respected book, the Westgate, Circa, then as soon as that's dropping, let's say that drops from a, let's say it's Cleveland, for instance, they go up from 44 to 46 at Circa and all the other books at 44. He doesn't know why Cleveland went up, but he's going to just go ahead and invest and buy the over 44s at the slower moving books. Now, is, and that's a, it seems like a strategy that can work for some people. And it seems like something that you'd particularly be strong with because you're great at reading those markets. If you were to partner with someone who does know the players and does know the teams, couldn't that be even more valuable? Absolutely. I so mean, like are you working with a guy like McKenzie, who the, the, he knows these in, NBA teams inside now? No, McKenzie blows me off. I keep asking ah. him for like two weeks ago to, to do this, and, and he said he what would. What did I text you Saturday morning? You texted me one play, I believe, right? What did you send me? Oh, mic off, McKenzie. Edit, edit. Sorry, I keep holding this thing. Sorry about that. <laughs> right, my bad. Three. Two, one. I said, there's one book with a prop I really like. That's a number off market. And let's get let's take advantage. Oh, I did bet that we're splitting a dime on that. Wait. Yes, yes. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but but but. So think about this. So Saturday morning. What, what How time? quickly he forgets, right, McKenzie? Well, well, here's why I forget. What have so, you done for me lately? So what, what what time did you text me on Saturday morning? Nine a.m. I don't know. Oh, like exactly. So think about this. McKenzie doesn't care about what, college football. What time do you think? What, <laughs> oh, yeah, really? AJ, <laughs> so I have five entries in the college football chat, William Hill Challenge. What time do you think I'm putting in my picks? I'm guessing around 8.45. That's right. What else am I doing at 8.45? You, you're getting ready to live bet. And what else? And I'm jamming in my last bets on yes. the 9 a.m. games. And I'm, and I'm pounding in uh, parlay cards at favorable numbers at books that will take it. So, and I'm getting, making sure I've got all my plays out to my clients and I'm trying to bet this FCS football. And here comes, here comes McKenzie on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for no reason at all. Could have sent it to me 11 p.m. the night before when I was just like chomping down on pizza, hanging out, relaxing. Nope. 9 a.m. You got me down, right? Yes, I did. I did. You're the man. All right, McKenzie. Let's let's go. Let's let McKenzie shine for a minute on the Fezzik Focus Pod. Uh, in, because these NBA win totals are out and available. Why don't you give us one that you uh, that you're really into right now? Sure thing. I absolutely like the New Orleans Pelicans over 43 and a half, 44 and a half, 43 and a half. You can shop around. This is a team that won 36 games. Okay, big improvement is needed. They get Zion Williamson back. That's half of it. As much as good as he is, I think he's a top 20 player in the NBA. I think even if it wasn't, even if he didn't come back at all, he was injured zero games for Zion Williamson. This is a 45-win team. After the All-Star break, they had a new coach, much like the Celtics. They were one of the best teams in the league, top 10 on offense, top 10 on defense. Brandon Ingram took another, another leap. And now they add Zion Williamson back. And I think he's one of those players that fits in, gets in where he fits in. Offensive rebounds, playing off the ball. He's great at all that stuff, can play point forward. I think it's a seamless transition. I think this is a 50-win team over 43-and-a-half for the Pelicans. You know, yeah. I like this because – so New Orleans stunk. They had a bad yeah. record last year. and Started every, the season 3-16. and 16. Every 3-16 and 16 NBA team in the history of the world is already, like, making business decisions about how they can get more ping-pong balls and evaluate talent. And yet somehow New Orleans became a – a playoff caliber team the rest of the way. Respectable team. Exactly. And that's a buy sign. In other words, you almost go controlled alt delete to the three and 16 and just evaluate them from that point forward. Would you, would you agree? With yeah. That? Because in theory, 
their first round pick, their their number one pick is the guy that they've got coming back from injury. So the ping pong balls matter less to them because the guy that they get with their first with, with returning from injury is better than anybody they could have gotten with the first pick. So yeah, and and what McKenzie said about if what when he says over forty three and a half Pelicans, my initial thought is ugh. I've got to hope Zion stays healthy. So what McKenzie did with that handicap that I like is said, listen, even if he doesn't play at all, he feels like this is a team that can win 43 and a half games. That makes me feel good as a better because my main concern with the Pelicans is can this guy stay on the court? And if McKenzie's saying even without him this year, which I don't think they will be. So a free roll. Ba- basically, Zion is gravy. Which is that? That's a beautiful thing to me. So I, I like that. It's interesting you use the adjective gravy. Oh, I know. I and thought not, it was on purpose. And not diet Pepsi. Marinara, <laughs> gravy, whatever you want to call Carbonara. it. Carbonara. Yeah, whatever it is. He's got plenty of it. Okay, let's talk. Why didn't I bet him in a weight loss challenge? Well, okay, let's get an update on the weight loss challenge while we're talking that. All right, I have. You're not, looking svelte. First I have of all. not eaten in like three days. Good. I got. I got to say, Wishnev is. Sh- Cracking suddenly, so oh. wish wish Neb two hundred three now cracking mentally. So I sent him the video one ninety four, and he comes back and he's like, "Wait a minute!" He says, "You were two hundred on on Monday morning." I was like, "Yes, I was." He, how is that possible? Be like, dude, you've been doing it for months. It's like you're fraudulent. You know that couldn't have been a real way, and that's got to be just fake way. You you must be fasting. You know this is how could you lose six? So he's got. Todd has jelly in the belly suddenly. He's scared. Suddenly his he keeps talking about how he's Wisconsin and I'm Ball State. Well, I got news for you. Wisconsin's not very good this yeah. year. Graham Mertz stinks. So when what's his weight loss trajectory been? I know he was just – it was tumbling. Has he kind of leveled off a little bit? Because it's hard. Once you get down to that around 200, it's a lot harder. You'd you like know? to believe that. But, no, he, he loses – he was losing five-sevenths of a pound – a day, and now he loses a little less than five sevenths of a pound a day. You know what? All all the man he's a panda bear. He just eat. He's a panda bear that goes to the gym in three hours. He plays tennis three hours yeah. a day, and he eats like that bamboo that has eucalyptus. no cal- that has no calories in it. <laughs> so he eats eucalyptus and, and bamboo all day Ugh. and celery. And you know what? He doesn't put peanut butter on it, so it has no calories. What's his uh, What's his number at? Two o three. Two o three, and you're at one ninety six. One ninety four. One ninety four. So it's kind of a phony weight because I am. I did fast yesterday, but the. But you could. I mean, you could fast. I tomorrow. can fast again today. Yeah, like listen, when when it's desperation time, and this is what I know from from cutting weight to fight. There's no like wiggle room, like oh, I'll just eat it. Like it's no, you you can't eat that. Like hot, it's just hot. not. Plus, allowed. psychologically, I'm at a local minimum. I'm I'm the lightest I've been since my freshman year in no I'm, I'm sorry sophomore year in college, and so that 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 is fueling like that. Now I'm excited. You do hit a certain number every once in a while that makes you feel like this isn't that hard. Like I it, just get to 190. Yeah. It's like it, it, it's it, it, it's it's almost like there hits a point. I don't know if this is a good analogy, but I like it. You know where they're um, in the Lord of the Rings in the Fellowship of the Rings. They're going through Moria. And it's like a three-day journey, and it doesn't really look, look like they're going to make it, and everyone's trying to get them. And then cave trolls and, and, and goblins and stuff. And finally, the, the Balrog demon from hell shows up, and like this foe is beyond all of them. And so you're like, well, Todd wants to fight, right? You know, he wants to, he wants to, to, to duke it up, and th- that's the analogy. And Gandalf turns, and he says, this foe is beyond all of you. The bridge is close. 
run. <laughs> Meaning we don't have to. We don't have to fight. You know the Balrog. We we just get the hell out of Moria, and he won't follow us, and we'll be okay. And that's what you're doing. And that's what everyone did, but Gandalf, who fought the Balrog, and that ultimately he fell, and Balrog fell, and he turned into Gandalf the White, and he came back, and all was good. But the the point is that I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't need this trouble with this like like trying to worry about what Todd weighs. All I got to do is run for the 180 you gotta bridge. Fight your, you got to fight your own battle. Yeah, right. For, go over the bridge, and hopefully there's a famous battle at the east gate of Moria with goblins and, and dwarves. But that was like 100 That was like hundred years before, so that's got nothing to do with anything. Okay, well, that makes sense. One last topic I wanted to discuss with you. It's been floating around the interwebs all week, this poker hand, which is... When you watch it, it's like, oh, this is one of the craziest things you'll ever see. But if you've ever played online poker, it's not that crazy. Uh, it's, it's something that happens all the time in online poker. But this was like for to see a, a live table of high level poker for this to happen was a bit of a surprise. And it's it's almost created like a, a theory that there was cheating involved. Tell me what you know about this. Yeah. So a high stakes poker pro respected named Garrett is playing against a gal that I'm unfamiliar with that's an Instagram model. And Garrett gets a straight flush draw with two little cards, and he starts jamming into the pot. He starts betting um, at the with the turn, and he's got eight high. And she has a jack four, all right? And when Garrett bets, this gal raises him, all right, which is by itself perfectly fine. She doesn't think he has it. She puts the pressure on him with nothing. That happens. No problem at all with that. It's not a play that you'd see a rank amateur make, but you know what? Very often, but it, it could happen. Not, not even suspicious. And then Garrett jams all in. And the gal has jack four, all right? She's a jack high. She has no draws. She has no possibility to improve. She could spike a jack and get a pair of jacks. She could think that her opponent is bluffing. There's a nine and 10 on the board. So think about this. She, her opponent could have jack-queen and just be bluffing, but guess what? Her opponent would still have the better hand. Her opponent could have jack-king and be bluffing. Her opponent could have a, a, a wide range of cards, and pretty much very few hands would she have beat other than a 7-8. And that's But she goes ahead and calls the all-in. So the only way she could win, she has to win the showdown. And she pauses before the all-in, and she puts up time buttons and the like. And then there's something showing some vibration going on with the back of her chair, some kind of strange vibration. All right, was she like just you know antsy, or not? And bottom line is, she calls with a jack high. The board, the river bricks, nothing comes, and she wins with jack high. And Garrett, when he sees she has jack high, he has this look of incredulousness. He's so angry but he's like trying to control himself. Like he's 100% convinced that he's been cheated at that point in time. I'm going to defer to Doug Polk, who's my, my favorite poker video guy. And Doug Polk comes out and he says, I can't be certain that she cheated. Let me emphasize, I do not want to be sued. I can't be sure that she cheated. However, and he outlines, and you can go to the video, Doug Polk videos, uh, all the reasons, the evidence is pretty clear 
that this is this is beyond strange, and I get it. I, had this girl been like a normal player up to this point? Had she like, or was she just doing wild, crazy things the entire time? That and that's the question that I asked. That I really would like to see what her her hands. Because you're not, like you said, you're were. not familiar with her. She may, I mean, she may just be there to, to be a pretty face. A, a, exactly. And there was an instance where oh, my buddy and I forgot his name. This is terrible. But if you query Miss Finland poker hands. She played a hand where she just kept jamming, you know, re, you know, re-raising back at my friend, who I can't remember his name. Oh my gosh! And he, um, he, he fold, Doyle Brunson. He folded. <laughs> this, is, this is a great tournament player. He's got he's got bracelets. I, I met him like three times, and I'm just drawn. Phil Helmuth. No, it's not. He's not. He's not that famous. And and so ultimately, if you just query Miss Finland, you'll see it. And he and and she she goes all in on him. Whoa, these are nude Miss Finland. With, with no, she's not nude. Not the same thing. Go Miss Finland poker. Oh, okay. Miss Finland poker. Get 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 out of the gutter. <laughs> is and that two words or one? Miss Finland. Her. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Poke. Oh, no, you're thinking the game. Okay, my bad. So, so, so she was just she, – she just didn't know what she was doing. She thought, I have an ace in my hand. It's a good hand. She can't even read the board. You know, she, she yeah. goes all in Well, that's on what it. I'm asking. Like, this girl could have been – some rich dude could have said, hey, you know what? You know what make this game fun? I'm going to put this girl in who doesn't know how to play poker. I'll stake her. Let's exactly. See how it but, but Doug outlines all the reasons why this is unlikely to be the case, that this was just happenstance and, and just randomness because of the way she was talking and the like. And, and I, you know, and, and I feel like, and again, no, we cannot be sure. I'm not certain that she was. I'm just saying this one man's opinion. If I had to quantify the percent chance that any one random funky hand that there's cheating involved, I would say it's less than one in a thousand. If I had to quantify what's the chance that in this specific instance that was cheating likely, yes. Can I prove it? No. Am I accusing anyone of cheating? No. I'm an actuary. I put probabilities on things. Yeah. I agree with Doug Polk, who assessed it's likely that this was a cheating incident. It's a sort of hand that just – it's almost like in the movie Casino. There's the scene where the jackpot gets hit three times in a row. And De Niro starts yelling at the casino employee, saying, "Saying you didn't see the scam go down. You didn't see it after the jackpot hit twice. There's a one in a billion chance that this can happen. You know, you're either in on it, or, or you're just you know too naive, stupid to realize you've been taken. Either way, you're fired. And that's kind of how I felt about that hand. It's like Garrett knows to me. He's almost like that. He is. He's. This has only happened in one hand. And he's like, I'm not playing with that this person ever again." He's not thinking she's a terrible player, and I'm going to keep playing. She's, he's, he immediately realizes that there's something going down. Something is wrong here, and I agree with him because it's not a $29 pot. It's a $290,000 pot or something like that. Yes. Yeah, that's and what I said at the beginning about if you've ever played online, people will do that for a $29 pot. And people misclick. It happens. Sure. That, that I, I, I misclicked in a tournament where I called someone with a five high. I mean, it's like you're playing four tables or eight tables at once. But in a live game where you call time and yes. you think about it, there's got to be something going on. And like you said, it, it's hard to know. Like, So I, I, I can't say, well, what could have been? Who knows? And apparently after it was reported, I don't know how accurate this is, that like there was a confrontation between him and her, and she refunded him off the 143,000, and then she said she was cornered in a hallway and didn't feel like she had a choice, and it just got it got ugly. But I can tell you this: no one who wins 143,000 legitimately that gets cornered in a hallway gives back the money. You wind up getting your wrist broken. Go see the original Hustler. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, that's, you say that, but it's different for a woman. I will say that. It is. It's. A, I, I could see it being a different scenario if you're a woman and, and you're cornered by men saying, "Hey, we're like." No Would you gonna... go to the police afterward, though? I mean, that's a lot of money. 
Yeah, then you'd make then you'd make multi millions if they. I don't know. I'm not saying I know. Did, I mean, I, I, it's not like she was in the dark alley. I mean, this is a big production, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying, like I, I wouldn't. None of us would get cornered by some dudes who say, "Hey, give me my money back." But you never know. With I mean, with and this is what. And, and again, I want to emphasize: I'm not accusing anyone of anyone. I am not 100 percent sure. I just would. I I concur with what Doug Polk's. Um, everything that Doug said, I agree with. So I hope he never gets sued. And they find against him because I guess then I would be culpable. I don't think I am because it's second degree of freedom. I don't know. Nah, whatever. <laughs> Who's listening to this anyway, right? Uh, all right. Let's. Did we find Mackenzie? Did you try to find the Miss Finland poker hand? I have not. I'll get it right now. Can you pull that up? Well, I wh- want to get. I want to get the guy's name. I, I can't believe I can't remember. While we do that, I, I text him. It's terrible. Well, we'll look up his name. In I the don't text. have his name. I got it. His name is Miss Finland. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, while we while we have McKenzie pull that up, let's get to a best bet from you, Fez. Yeah, let's do a best bet. You know what? Let's go week eleven. The Bears are at the Falcons. AJ, I need my I, while we're watching Miss Finland. I need your help with this. Ronnie Bardock. It's Ronnie. Of course, it's Ronnie. I just forget Ronnie. Ronnie's got trip fours. He's go got down a little bit. Let me see Sarah here. Let me see there's how two, there's two fours on the board, and Ronnie is a four. And Miss Finland jams on him all in on the river, and he tanks, and he folds. Which girl is Miss Finland? There's two girls at the table. They're both attractive, but one feels like that, is that Miss Finland? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, she's a 10. The, the, yeah. I like the other one better. If they, Wait, do you? I think she's like an 8.5. This girl's a 10. But she seems smarter, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. More down to earth. What do you, I mean, are you marrying her? <laughs> is, that, is, 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 is that Liz, Liz uh, Bowery? She's actually a very fine poker player. I have no idea, but uh, uh, Sarah is Miss Finland. Yeah, Sarah, not so good. So she's got an ace. Sarah's an ace, and. Ronnie is 8-4, which improves to three of a kind when the turn spikes a four. But why did Ronnie call this with 8-4? Can he not be culpable? Be, because he's, he's a pro and he knows he can outplay Miss Finland, but he was wrong. Does he? No. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, AJ, do you fold 8-4 when the board shows... Um, Queen 5-4? Fa- Queen 5-4-4. Five, four? Four, four. No, oh, well, not now I don't fold. Yeah, what? <laughs> What watch Ronnie lay this down? He's like he he turns to her and he says, "You know I have to have a four, right?" And and she looks at him and smiles and giggles, and he and he, and he reads her like she's got to have a boat. I'm folding. Wow. So, so, so I he, guess this video. You know what this video in many ways. Tick, tick, tick. If Ronnie had 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 error, they they would they would argue maybe Miss Finland was cheating. Right, because like, how can she go all right. in? But but it's one thing to go all in and bluff. It's another thing entirely to call an all in with jack eye. I think in the history of the main event, like there was one guy that called with a jack eye and it made. This was like twelve years ago, and and his opponent said, "This dude called me with a jack eye." Yeah, the, uh, it, it, that's what's unusual about because plenty of people like you could you're trying to bluff if you uh, if you shove and you've got jack high. Yes, to call with it is a totally different story. Exactly, and that's that's what makes you think. Okay, it's probably n- not legit here. Exactly, we're, we're going to do a best bet. We were week eleven. Uh, who's better? Chicago's at. The Atlanta Falcons. This is week 11? Week 11. Who's going to be better? Uh, the Falcons are way better to me. The Falcons are way better. What should the point spread be? I predicted, when you asked me this before the show, I said I would make it uh, four and a half, yep. maybe five. And I'm betting right now, Caesars Palace, William Hill, it's two and a half. I'm laying it with the Falcons, so it'll probably go to three. So I'm not going to give out minus two and a half, although that's what I personally bet. 
I'm going to make it minus three because that's what I know that's what they're going to move after I bet this as a best bet. And this just goes to show, like, this is the difference between being a content provider and being a better. It's, it is more difficult to give people winners because if I didn't bet and I just gave plays out, then I could give this out minus two and a half. And let your people move the line. Exactly. But now, how rare is this, though? It's like all the time I'm like, you know what, if you missed a minus two and a half, you can't lay three. Well, you can when you got the better team at home by a wide margin. And I really think, I don't know if the Bears are the worst team in the NFL or Houston, but um, I got the Bears under six and a half wins. Are we just forgetting the Jets exist? The uh, Well, Wilson looked better. Oh, my God. Wilson stinks. The Jets are the Jets are a solid four win team. The, the, the Bears, Jets had a comeback win over a rookie quarterback making his debut, and we're like, "Oh, it looks like things are okay." And no, the Jets are absolutely dreadful. Bold prediction. Get this one, McKenzie. The Chicago Bears will finish two and fifteen. They will not win another game. Oh wow! Now that is a bold prediction. Okay, all right. If they do that, then they're clearly the worst team. I, I, I but I, I do. Th- the Texans are certainly in that mix, but I think the Jets are right there with them. So, uh, yeah, I don't understand that number. I don't understand at Atlanta on top of it. So basically, two and a half tells you Atlanta and Bears same team, Falcons Bears same team. No, that's just not true. Clearly, it's not true. Falcons have been one of the biggest surprises this this year. I think them and, and the Seahawks and have I go been back. I go back to the early monsoon in Chicago, global warming, and that the, the San Fran was just dominating that game. And then the Bears, you know what? There's a reason they play the game. The balls, you know, price the, the ball is not symmetrical. Well, I guess it is symmetrical, but it's not round. It bounces funny. It, yeah. And dude, like the the the, the field's fifty-five yard touchdown pass to the guy where the San Fran didn't put any defenders on the right hand side of the field. I still don't understand that. <laughs> Never seen a guy so wide open. Um, that pl- that one play. If that play doesn't happen, I'm still convinced San Francisco wins that game twenty to three. Yeah, and San Francisco is going to win that game. I-, I think nine times out of ten, even with the weather, whatever was mm-hmm. going on. So, don't disagree. Okay. That is going to do it for another episode of the Fezzik Focus podcast. Thanks to Ronnie, uh, whose name Fez forgot, which is just— What's Ronnie's last name? Uh, Barda, right? Barda. Barda? I, I'm, I, you, you're probably right. I, you might want to put that in your phone. I, you know, and, 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 and even— <laughs> I, doubt Ronnie would be, I doubt Ronnie would be happy to know that you have him under Miss Finland in his phone. This is probably <laughs> a really bad Ronnie. Ronnie is, is mad. This real life? Ronnie is mad at me. He got back. So, so we have mutual friend, and our mutual friend was— First name begins with a J. He's one of the greatest sports bettors in the world. Um, so Jay texts me, and he says, Ronnie wants you to stop talking about the Miss Finland hand. Oh. He's tired of— He has of a surrogate and every time, No, he you. says, when you talk to him, when you text him, stop referencing the Miss Finland hand. <laughs> so, of course, of course, I come over the top, and I re-raise by bringing it up on the Focus Pod. Ronnie, text me. I'm sorry. How many views on I'll this video? I'll make it up to you. I'll give you winners. Uh, Bet Atlanta, Ronnie. Get us Atlanta. Point, no, that's subscribers. Uh, looks like a general you know, 100,000. Ronnie, get okay. us Atlanta. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's 10 million. Oh, 10 million for Ronnie Bardot. 10 million views on the Miss Finland hand. Ouch. One more question. Yeah, before, he's sensitive about this, before, bro. Before we wrap, we, before, there's, that's more than... Check out the population of, of Finland if you can. <laughs> um, real quick, Mackenzie. And before we wrap, so there's cheating allegations in chess. There's cheating allegations in fishing, lead weights in the fish. There's cheating allegations in poker. I'm going to say it. No one's going to be happy. Everyone's going to be angry when I say this, and RJ doesn't like it when I say this. We talk about the safeguarding of collegiate sports and how it's prevented cheating. 
How many times have you been speeding in the Vegas Valley over the past year, AJ, would you say? Almost constantly. Okay. How many tickets have you accumulated? Zero. So you've been caught how many times? Oh, actually, I did get one ticket. Damn it. I've gotten one ticket since I've been here. So here's my point. What percentage of actual cheating scandals get get detected? If we say we think it's 15%, that That's is probably high. That is that, and and a lot of people say it's like fifty percent. You know, no one commits a crime when they're ninety percent. It's ninety percent likely, or almost no one commits a crime uh, premeditated that they feel it's likely they're going to get caught doing it. Correct. And so, for every Arizona state scandal, and let's face it, almost all of these scandals that have been uncovered have been like blatant, just just like 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 world's dumbest criminal stuff, trying to get caught. You're wearing your Sun Devil, you know, jerseys as you walk into the Mirage and bet against Arizona State, you know, and you've never bet before, you know. So I'm just saying there's probably a lot more things going on with teams like Hawaii and Southern Miss and and, and the like. It's a lot harder to cheat on Alabama, Auburn or Texas, Oklahoma than it is San Jose State versus Hawaii. Exactly. Uh, by the way, the Finland population, 5.5 million, which means that everyone in Finland has seen this hand. Yes. And, and Fezzik has watched it about 4.9 million times. <laughs> so. Probably a third, probably a fourth of Denmark also. Yes. All right. That's going to do it. We will, uh, thanks to McKenzie Rivers, thanks to Steve Fezzik, and thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, we appreciate the support, and we love that you guys have made this pod so big. That's awesome. Let me tell you guys quickly about bulk dollars. Uh, right now, we've got a, a great deal going on at pregame. $10 gets you 50 in bulk dollars. And what is what are bulk dollars? Bulk dollars are basically money that you can spend at pregame.com. It never expires. So you give them $10. They give you $50 to spend on products at pregame. That can go towards a, a weekend package, a daily package. That's, a best bet. That's two best bet packages from you, right, Fez? Yes, it is. So why wouldn't you take advantage? It's for 10 bucks. It's too cheap. It is. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. Fez honest. is getting shafted here. I got to be honest. The pros actually are not happy. They we don't like the um, uh, the big bucks. <laughs> the the um, fifty dollars for ten. We don't make any money on it. It's really a loss leader just to you know ha- give back to the client, and it's a great value. I will say one thing about this company. Since I've worked there, I have found that they put the customers above everyone. The customer service here is outstanding. Uh, Mary and Tom and Mark do a a great job with it, keeping people happy. So, and this is a great way to keep people happy. So, uh, again, thank you guys. Go to pregame.com, take advantage of that, and we will talk to you next week.